Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Hey, Cammy. Hey, Bryant. How are you? What's, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's October, where you made it. Yay. This is it's and your this birth is, month. Yeah, my birth month, the show's birth month in a way. I mean, I know the anniversary is like late Sep- August, technically September. early September, but we started really kicking it off, I feel like, in October. And With our spooky it, season. That's right, yeah. So, and we're going back to that. We always love the October uh, month to bring out the fun stories. What did we do last year? We had some really good ones. Axeman, right? Yeah, the Axeman of New Orleans. We did basically uh, some unsolved murders. That's unsolved murders theme. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, uh, it's a somewhat thematic um, this month as well. And we're kicking it off with talking about uh, Sherlock Holmes. And you can't really talk about him without talking about the author, Arthur Conan Doyle. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. That's hard to say. (laughs) I'm glad I don't have to say that in my bit. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But yeah, so uh, literary figures is where we're kind of going at right now. And while it's not super spooky, I mean, there's coke and murder. That's that's pretty freaking scary, right? (laughs) So uh, this is, yeah, it's going to be fun. So Cammie, uh, as always, has a story for us. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about or lead the discussion talking about some of the history behind Holmes, some fun stuff about Doyle, and yeah, Cammy, I will take it away. Do it. So I used The Reminiscence of Sherlock Holmes, The Adventure of the Devil's Foot. Oh, I do have to say his name by Arthur Conan Doyle. I guess sir. he wasn't a sir at that point. Maybe not. From this, this was uh, 1910. I don't know when he got knighted. So, And I used jimmelwood.net and it's like a student site so okay uh but it it has the pdfs of this so if you're looking it up uh you can read the whole thing there nice in the spring of 1897 our studious hero found himself perplexed by a private by private agent life and wanting nothing more than a break from it he decided to rest on the dismal shores of cornwall which suited his disposition quite well As Holmes sat smoking with his friend Watson, the town's vicar burst into the room, excited and red of face. He urged Holmes to come with him to see the most frightful of sights. The vicar had brought with him a man who Holmes knew as Mr. Mortimer Treginus, and he looked more nervous than the vicar at the strange story they had yet to divulge. For Mr. Mortimer Treginus's family had been discovered that very morning by their maid, She came down to the kitchen and promptly fainted at the sight of the two brothers, who were wild-faced and horror-stricken, while the sister was discovered dead with the same expression upon her face. Holmes proposed they leave at once for the mile walk to the scene of the disturbance, and everyone gathered their things and went on their way. As they walked, Holmes learned more from Mr. Chiginis about the night he had spent with his family. He confessed upon prodding, that the family had once fallen out about inheritance, but they were all very good friends now. They had been in exceptionally good spirits that night and were playing cards for most of it. The only event that seemed out of the ordinary was a moment when Mr. Treginus's brother George thought he saw something in the bushes outside. But no one paid much attention, and the card game was over by 10 p.m. When they arrived at the scene, Holmes didn't see much in the way of evidence. The window where George had seen something in the bushes looked out to a flower bed, 
but with the foggy night, it would, have been, it would not have been easy to see far into the distance. Upon arriving back at their lodging, Holmes and Watson met the famous lion hunter, Leon Sterndell, who was eager to learn of the findings of Holmes' investigation. He said he learned through telegram of the strange goings-on and decided to postpone his trip to Africa until the case was solved. Holmes checked out his claim and verified that he had indeed received a telegram from the vicar of the news. But as all of the leads seemed to come up with nothing, news of another death, Mr. Mortimer Treginus's death to be exact, reached Holmes. The team rushed to the site of the murder to find Treginus affected by the same fate as his sister. He was dead in the chair with a horror-stricken look on his face. A police officer had fainted upon entering the place and perceiving the wicked sight. Holmes didn't linger, but when he was back at his place of refuge, he produced a lamp which was at the scene of the crime. He opened all of the windows and forced Watson into a chair beside the, the open air. Then he lit the lamp. They both became dizzy and saw devilish sights before the lamp burned out. Holmes then, when he recovered from the drug, deduced that the only person who could have murdered the family was Treginus himself for no one had moved from the table since he left that night. Surely, if there had been a knock at the door or an intruder, the family would have gotten up from their seats. There was a battle over the family fortune. He had learned, of course, from Treginus earlier in, in the walk to the family house, but he stopped short of saying that Treginus had committed suicide. Instead, he summoned the lion hunter himself to his room. The man stood heads above the two detectives and seemed put out by being summoned. But soon he confessed to an affair with with the Trigonus's sister, one where they were both madly in love. And realizing that Mortimer Trigonus had stolen the Devil's Foot root from his own collection of herbs from his hunting expeditions, and then used them to murder his lover, he knew he must strike out against the man, for his love was stronger than the laws of men. So Holmes, never having loved himself but understanding the power of it, kept his secret and was happy to let the detectives blame Trigonus for his own death as well. <laughs> I when you when you said never uh, having loved himself, I thought you meant like, <laughs> right. his self-loathing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cammy, that's excellent. That is that's a great pick. And yeah, you know, reading about the character, it, it's fun looking into. I, I started, of course, with Britannica and Wikipedia, but like, uh, there's fandom sites. It's there's, there's a huge spectrum here, especially because of the TV shows lately that have really gotten oh, sure. popular. Um, but but Sherlock Holmes is is absolutely huge, and it's abs- it's it's crazy. Uh, I really I I'll just kind of front. I really like. Uh, I've listened to. I really only listed the audiobooks. I haven't sat and read them, but they're great. I listen to them free through the library app that I use that I talk about a few times, and it, and they're really it's it's really interesting. I, I remember trying to read them year, within the last ten years, and I just didn't stick. Um, I don't I don't read read too much. I've got a few books, but yeah, the audiobooks are just great and. And they are. They're really enchanting to listen to. But I do love the film, uh, the Guy Ritchie adaptation with... Oh, my God. Um, the Guy Ritchie. Yeah. yeah. With so Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Yes. Really good. Absolutely love it. Don't like Sherlock. Get out of here if you're no, a Sherlock fan. it's terrible. Don't want you here. Get out. And also, that no, guy is true. horrible. Hey, Mom. She likes Sherlock. Oh, you I'm could sorry. Stay. No, it's okay. <laughs> I don't care for it. I don't care for it. But uh, Elementary is another really good spinoff um, that has Lucy Liu and then some guy, British guy, can't remember. Uh, but that was like a fun modern um, twist. Kyle really liked that. So, yeah, that's just a handful of the adaptations. I mean, this 
according to Wikipedia, there's over by the 1990s there was over 25,000 stage adaptations, film films, television productions, and publications featuring the detective. That was by the 1990s. How much fan fiction is out there now, Cami? We're in we're in the trillions <laughs> now. I'm sure. But it's great. Uh, now, so to kind of set the scene, I, I think if you've seen anything Holmes, you'll know, you'll kind of vaguely, it's the Victorian era. Well, um, Arthur Conan Doyle is the author. He was born uh, in 1859 in Scotland and died at the ripe old age of 71 in 1930. Isn't that wild? He died less than 100 years ago. Cleopatra. That story was written over 100 years ago, though. What? I said that story the was story. written over 100 years ago. There you go. Ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So it's yeah it's 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 really interesting. So wait, what were you going to say about Cleopatra? I, I was, I know, there's I that old that old silly saying. Um, I mean, it's true. Uh, Cleopatra was born closer to the creation of the iPhone than the pyramids. It's true. It's, it's, Facts. Yeah. Uh, all right, everyone. We'll see you next week. No. And it so, took them billions of years to make that iPhone. Right. Yeah. It's it's really great. Uh, Doyle himself is a really interesting character. Um, he is mostly a, a physician, is what he's known as. But he he's been writing for quite some time too. Um, he came from from a, a pretty okay family. It seems like he they was raised Catholic. He later uh, kind of declared himself agnostic, but he actually. Uh, was like a um, Catholic, but later became uh, the the term that's used in Wikipedia and Britannica, spiritualist mystic. So he kind of got into the mysticism of of life. Um, I'm guessing like tarot cards and things like that, and uh, which I think is really interesting. But he was he was a physician and studied medicine. Through that, was kind of introduced into like forensic science sciences, and I think that's really a, a big part of what uh, encouraged the the writing of Holmes and things like that. Um, it's it's all about being practical. That's kind of Holmes looks at things in a practical sense. Things we overlook doesn't make assumptions. Um, one fun thing, uh, Holmes was an outspoken critic against anti-vaxxers, against inoculation <laughs> at the time. So he was dealing with this at his time too, a uh, hundred years ago. Wait, what were the? Was it um what, the just in, flu? Just gen- yeah, uh, inoculation. Probably like I don't know. I, I don't know. Smallpox. Yeah, I'm guessing it just says inoculation. Just oh, okay. against inoculation. So I know, you know, like um, inoculation became. It was definitely so he was pro inoculation. He was yes. He he okay, I'm just would write double checking because he 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 did write like uh in medical journals, and he I don't know if specifically it was one of those, but he did he did it write in a public frame against the anti inoculators, anti vaxxers, and things like that. So I just thought that was really great that that he was kind of dealing with it as well, but. Yeah, it, it's really interesting to see, though. He did write other works, though, to be said, and uh, it, it, he, he kind of got tired of um, Holmes. In fact, he, he killed off Holmes, and then it went so... like Oh, yeah, so he was writing to his mother. There's a, there's a letter from 1891, and he says, um, quote, I think of slaying Holmes and winding him up for good and all. He takes my mind from better things. And his mother said, you won't, you can't, you mustn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, he did. He he ended up uh, killing Holmes off in Moriarty. The, the second film, it follows that, where they're playing chess in Switzerland or something like that, and they fall. A few years later, Holmes comes back, and it was like, nah, JK. And they're all good to go. Out the public outcry, um, two thousand people uh, canceled their pres- their um, subscriptions because it was all serialized mostly. Sure. And I mean, Doyle himself, he so he made he made three thousand bucks off of his first 
kind of rights writing thing. But then later, I, I mean, he was he was able to write his own price basically because people were just pining for these these serializations and these other was novels. Was that The Strand or is it a different? It was several. There were several okay. that he used. Yeah, there, there were several because the, after they like a contract would end, you know, or like I'll write this one book worth of serializations that'll take a year or two they'll subscribe you you get so many people subscribing and then when it's over you know then publisher b is like yo i'll double that and then <laughs> and then everyone who subscribes they learn doyle's on this service so then they all subscribe to so that. it's like when a show gets on netflix or hulu basically it is okay. yeah like quite literally that <laughs> and um so for the character of holmes uh he's actually he's he's based off of sort of a few things we, i don't think home or uh, doyle ever specifically said yes he's based on this but one influence really is actually edgar allan poe we we know of poe for a lot of other things but he actually had a great detective character called august dupin and it, it, who is generally acknowledged as one of the first big detectives in fiction and wikipedia puts it as it was the prototype for a lot of other characters you know a lot of these people worked uh, you know well uh, on each other. We, Cammy and I, you know, of course, have talked about Agatha Christie and Poirot. Very similar to, to Holmes. It takes place a little later, though. So it, I really like this, though, um, that I did not ever know that Poe wrote a detective thing. And so I'm, I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm absolutely going to. August Dupin um, is that character. So Joseph Bell is also someone who. Doyle seems to have admired. He Doyle was a clerk for Bell, who was a surgeon, and I think um, Bell uh, exemplified the the Holmes thinking of deduction and practicality and things like that. Especially when it came to being a surgeon, um, especially at this time, it was tough. You know, this was still the time where people were just like, just let it bleed, you know, or just cut it off. No, you can drink that water that I just pooped in. Don't. It's fine. Go ahead. You know that this was the time. Take period the we cocaine were in. and the heroin. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Laudanum was like, you know, like, oh, I blinked and it hurt. Well, here's some poppy-infused, you know, don't OD, but just drink this and you'll <laughs> you'll be good. You won't think about your blinking. So, yeah, it was. It, this is a pretty radical uh, time for medicine. And I think so, seeing someone like Joseph Bell, the surgeon that he worked as uh, a clerk for, um, really helped Doyle. Um, Doyle also was a big justice advocate. Doyle actually helped um, acquit people, uh, at least two people of their crimes, um, are, are, they were exonerated, I should say, um, that he ended up, and he, he actually paid the cost for an appeal um, for this guy Slater. He, he felt like there were inconsistencies in the prosecution's case, and he, he just felt that he wasn't guilty. And so he actually helped, he funded it, and then looked into it as well. So yeah, it, it was pretty cool. I, I, he liked to sort of solve these puzzles um, as well. So yeah, justice advocate, physician, writer, uh, he he was busy guy. I mean, he just really kept his life going. Um, married, had a, his wife passed away. He got married again, um, had a few kids. I mean, he and I, the estate is still kind of going strong today. I don't know how it kind of goes on there. But yeah, um, it's pretty cool uh, to see Doyle's evolution, how Holmes really stuck with him, almost how he, he didn't seem like he hated um, Holmes, but he, he kind of felt stuck to this character, but then kind of caved in and but made it work too. Um, he finished the story. He brought stories back, uh, made it work, and and it was really cool. Also, uh, Doyle he was a big sports guy too. Um, he I, I read this. Um, I'm I'm listening to these great courses from Patrick Allen. Um, he's a university professor, uh, an English guy, and he was talking about I, I can't remember what lecture this came up in, but Doyle played cricket with the author of Peter Pan. Oh, wow. 
James M. Barry. Thank you. And um, so yeah, that that's you didn't think wild. I'd know that. I was I was hoping somebody would. Someone on YouTube would have clickety clacked it in the comment section. But um, yeah, Doyle was also he was a boxer, a swordsman, um, interested in all sciences, much like Holmes. So um, yeah, it, it's cool. This wasn't just some guy writing about this. He he really kind of was engaged in it too. What's up? The boxing part of of the in fighting the, the first in one. the Guy yeah. Ritchie. I love it. It's so and, good. And Holmes, he he was a, I think like canonically like Holmes boxed in college. You know, in school and stuff. So, home. I mean, it, it, I remember people flack, you know, giving the the movie, the the Richie film, flack. But what? I mean, it did so much for Holmes. I mean, how many how many people picked up the books or the audiobooks? I wouldn't have probably right. really looked into it if it weren't for that. But it it really introduced it to a whole new group of people. And listening mm-hmm. to it too, I really encourage you to listen to the audiobooks because listening to it is really great. I mean, the, uh, there it was adapted into audio dramas, and it makes total sense that it was. But I really really enjoyed listening to these just in the car or when I'm doing dishes. Some of the words are super archaic too. So if you don't read stuff that's, that's older, you won't be as familiar. So just listening to somebody else, it's easier. And there's even, I mean, Game of Thrones sometimes is like a drawl to read, you know, like it's just the way that it works. So even, even, even modern works can feel Sure. Like they're hard to read. Um, and it's not just because they're harder. It's just because they're different and they don't really flow. But listening to them uh, is really great. Um, much like I, I like the, the Poirot, Agatha Christie stuff. I love listening to those as well. And you, I guess the, the serialization comes in too because there's the chapters are really like really well chunked out and th- things like that in space. So You know um, something you would probably hmm. like? Uh, I think it's on Netflix, but Lupin – the... Yeah, I've I've seen that. Yeah, based off of Arsene Lupin, who which is right. also a, a French based. Um, I don't remember what year that was though. If that was before or after. Oh, I I don't know. Hold on. Arsene. But yeah, they did a live action one because I know it's also like an anime. They did yeah. a live action one that's really good. That was 1907. So it was it was kind of contemporary Close, same time mm-hmm. yeah it looks like it, it was just kind of had the benefit of being just after it in a way too that is a, another really famous one too so i but i haven't i i don't really know too much about that one that one's like in the public domain though it looks like so that's cool that's another nice thing about a lot of these is yeah they're they're out there and anyone can kind of just jump in yeah so i i, I i'm glad we talked about this i know it's not super scary but definitely i it's fun to talk about these things and learn a little bit more the stories, some of them are great spooky mysteries. Cammy did a great job of kind of giving the nutshell um, story of them all. We, we kind of talked a little bit about this on the um, the dogs episode that we talked about in England, I think, right? Like with the Hound of Baskerville. Yeah, was another I show. was going to use the Hound of Baskerville as the yeah. source. And then because it's basically the same thing as the... Right. The church dog or whatever. Yeah, and then the I common English myth. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. But we talked about it. And now it's nice to be able to get this out. I've kind of wanted to talk about Sherlock Holmes. But we weren't sure how to approach it. But it was just kind of nice just to throw it out there. And so, yeah, the theme of this month, we're going to be talking about more sort of literary characters. What's the, should we say what the next one is or should it be a surprise? Sure. Let's, let's tell them what we have planned. What is the next one? <laughs> I can't remember. Frankenstein. Okay, cool. Yeah. So... <laughs> Pretty contemporary time-wise, too, a little earlier. But, yeah, this will be a fun story to talk about. This one definitely is a little more spoopy as far as that goes. But I hope you guys listened or enjoyed listening. I hope you listened to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. (laughs) And I hope you enjoy the rest of the month. October is always fun. So if you have enjoyed Holmes in any form or fashion, what's your favorite? If you like Sherlock with 
Benedict Cumberbund. Uh, let us know if you like that. Who? Uh, <laughs> Benjamin Cumberland. Button. Got it. <laughs> but uh, I think that's all we've got. Remember to check us out on YouTube and all that. It really helps us out. Our link tree will have links for all of our social media stuff. Yeah. All right, Cammy. thanks for your story. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't. Thank I you, didn't really Brian. remember that one. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone, we will see you next time. Oh, elementary, my dear. That wasn't said in the books. That's what we did. <laughs>